All right. Welcome, everyone. My name is Jeffrey Sidoris, and uh, this is... What is this? This is episode five of the uh, as-yet-unnamed live stream that we're doing here. Thanks for being here. Uh, I want to begin with uh, maybe some... Well, not maybe. We got some sad news. Uh, as, As you probably have heard, uh, we lost Edward Van Halen yesterday. And, uh, man, 2020 is, uh, is just a kick in the teeth, isn't it? Uh, earlier this year, we lost Neil Peart, which hit me pretty hard. And, uh, and now Eddie Van Halen. I, uh, I can't play any Van Halen music, obviously, because, uh, you know, licensing and it would be ridiculously, ridiculously expensive. And if I did play it, I would get in trouble. So I'm not going to play any Van Halen music, but um, I've got a couple stories for you. Um, a couple degrees, uh, differing degrees of separation between me and uh, Eddie Van Halen. And it it begins with something that I never really believed. Uh, But Van Halen started out in uh, uh, Arcadia, Temple City, Pasadena area of Southern California, which coincidentally is where my mother grew up. And uh, for example, Dave's dad, David Lee Roth's dad, uh, was a dentist, and they lived in Pasadena. In fact, I believe, if he hasn't sold it or moved out, I think Dave still lives in uh, his father's, his, you know, their family home. And so, growing up, um, I would hear these stories that uh, that Van Halen played in my grandmother's backyard, which, again, I never believed uh, until my uncle, Bob, uh, showed me a couple flyers that he had drawn up for the band when they were still a backyard band playing in and around Arcadia, Altadena, Pasadena, Temple City. And uh, it became a, a little more real to me then, and uh, I, although I still just, I, I still didn't really believe it, and and at one point he he asked my grandmother, you know, he says, "Mom, you remember Eddie and Alex coming to the house and playing, right?" And and hand to God, she confirmed it that yes, in fact, Eddie and Alex and you know the the then fledgling. Van Halen had played in her backyard and I just thought it was it was wild that that you know here's you know my uncles um, I had three uncles at the time Bob Greg and Jerry and uh, they were they were hellraisers so I I guess I guess it makes sense um, 
so that's that's one degree of of separation, I guess, between between me and and Eddie. Fast forward, oh gosh, twenty years or so. Uh, well, maybe not that many. Fifteen years, let's say. Uh, I was in college. I was going to Cal State Long Beach, and uh, we. This was, must have been my sophomore year. Must have been my sophomore year. I don't think it was my freshman year. I think it was sophomore year. Anyway, we had uh, uh, a Japanese student that came over and and went to school, and he he was in our dorms. He wasn't in my cluster. He was in like another another grouping, but he was in our building. And his name was Hide. Uh, Hide Kazu Yoshikawa is, I believe, what his full name was. I think that's how I remember it. And Hide was from uh, Hirajuku, Hirajuku. I'm not sure how you pronounce that. But anyway, he was from that area of Japan, which is uh, widely known to, at the time anyway, to have this intense fascination with American culture, um, particularly rock and roll music, rockabilly culture, punk, you know, so, and, and Hide kind of epitomized uh, that fascination. He loved American movies. He loved American music. Um, Top Gun had recently come out and he had, had gotten, he got a haircut so he'd look like Tom Cruise, you know, and he, and he, and he said it, he was like, oh, I look like Tom Cruise. And so Hide bought this this shitty little uh, Volkswagen Squareback. And if you've never seen one of these things, they're like a little mini uh, station wagon that Volkswagen used to make. And it was this little green, again, not in great shape. And, uh, and the, f- the first thing he did uh, was spend a weekend with several rolls of masking tape and many cans of red, white, and black spray paint and he spray painted this <laughs> shitty Volkswagen Squareback to look like Eddie Van Halen's Frankenstein guitar, and uh, rolled up, you know, triumphantly at the end of the weekend in in this car that that you know, proving his his fandom and his his love for sort of American culture and rock and roll music. And we just thought that was the kind of the coolest thing that that. You know, to embrace something so completely and so immediately, right? Um, and I've never forgotten it. It's he day. So he day. If if you're still out there somewhere, uh, if if I had a beer, I'd I'd raise it to you. Um, the third story, third one, is uh, gosh, well, it wasn't quite as many years later, but um, I was working at a place called Five Two Five Post Production in Hollywood. It was a, a video post-production facility, one of the best in the world at the time. And it, this was, oh, 89 or so when this happened. It must have been because they were working on, they were working on right now. And a lot of the top videos and, and top artists at the time came in and out of there. Uh, Madonna was there. Uh, U2 was there. Uh, bon Jovi was there. Lyle Lovett, Danzig. I mean, just you know, who's who of of people that were there. And and at one point, I was I was walking from. There were two buildings. There was the main building, 
And the building is beautiful. It used to be the old Deluxe Film Lab on the corner of, oh, God, uh, Cole and Santa Monica, just west of Cahuenga, if you're familiar with Southern California. Anyway, so it was the old Deluxe Film Lab. It was this beautiful Art Deco-y kind of building, had a big tower that, that uh, the then president, Steve Hendricks, his, his office was up this spiral staircase in the big tower. How I got the gig there is another story, but no less interesting, if this is even interesting. Anyway, so I was walking from the secondary building. There were two buildings. There was like the main building, and then there was the building that, that was referred to as the annex. And that's where um, like the digital suites were and, and uh, uh, a lot of the post-production uh, suites were. And so I'm walking from one to the other, and this... Uh, Lamborghini assault vehicle pulls into the parking lot. And these things, if you've never seen these things, they are, they're kind of what a Hummer wishes it was in some ways. I mean, they're, they're beautiful and loaded down with gear. They're four wheel drive. They, they can do, you know, a hundred miles an hour in the snow loaded down with gear, that kind of thing. And, uh, uh, so this thing pulls into the parking lot. And out pops Eddie Van Halen. And he he is just, you know, at, you've seen pictures of him. He's, he's just like he is in pictures. He's got the ripped up jeans, a T-shirt, a scarf, and, and this like long kind of dustery kind of coat, long hair, flashes this grin and just says, hey, how you doing? You know, and just the nicest, you know, completely unassuming guy. Well, my my role there at 525, I was a glorified production assistant. They called them client assistants. And our job was to do anything that the client wanted uh, from, you know, making cappuccinos to, you know, going out and getting food. Or uh, there were a couple times, actually, it was one time subsequent to this that I had to go to Eddie's house to either drop off or pick up tapes. I think dropping off tapes. Uh, and and you know, that that was another thing. Like you you roll up to his house, which was, well, it's in the hills, uh, in on uh, in in Southern California on the valley side, and you know you roll up to this compound, and the you know all the garage doors are open, and there's all these exotic cars, and and again just completely unassuming guy though, super nice, etc. Anyway, so later on in 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 the in the day in the evening. Um, and most of the bands like this, they, they came in at night um, and worked late, late into the night. So it was fun to do the night shift or even doubles where you went, you know, all night into the next morning, because that's when, you know, you got to see some of some of our heroes. And, you know, the, the unwritten rule was you dare not talk to anybody, you know, unless unless spoken to kind of thing. You don't go up. Oh, hey, Eddie, you know, I love your stuff. Um, but at, at one point. You know, uh, we were called in because they they were working on on right now, the video for right now, and uh, Alex was there and and you know they, they wanted pizza, they wanted pizza and beer, and so we said, okay, well, where can we go? Where do you want us to go? And Alex was like, no, 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 I got it, I got it, I got it. So, and I just thought that was so cool that here's here's Alex. I think he was driving a a Corvette at the time, if memory serves. I don't know. This was a long time ago, but uh, you know, just. Again, some of the some of the best known rock stars in the world at the time, and you know, still going out to get pizza and beer, and just hanging out, making music, regular guys. And I always just thought that was really cool. I thought that that I never got a chance to see them live, 
uh, oddly enough, but uh, seeing them just sort of interacting with people and the way they interacted with people, unassuming, humble, appreciative, um, just always hit the right note with me and, and, you know, makes it, makes it all the more sad that, that he is gone, but I understand he was fighting a long time and, uh, he will be missed. Uh, so I wish I could play something, but I can't, um, I can play something though. And let's, let's play a little something. Uh, this is a song by Jazar. It's called Bored. And, uh, let's open up the phones. 202-539-0209. If you've got a Van Halen story, great. Uh, some other kind of story that you'd like to share, questions, comments, um, uh, we'll, we'll play this tune and we'll come back with some more. I've got a couple other things I want to share with you. Uh, some kind of exciting things that are coming up uh, for this show and for some other shows. So we'll be back in uh, just a minute. That was uh, Jazar. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I really kind of love his stuff. Um, so I'm very excited because uh, our first caller is a friend of mine that I have known for a long, long time. How long have we known each other, Patrick? Uh, yes, I'd like to place an order for pickup. <laughs> <laughs> Douche. Do I have the wrong number? <laughs> oh, my God. Only you. Uh, I would, I would, uh, well, if, was it, if it was you came into universe 99, was it 99? Well, I, I, I got to universal in 97. So I, and I don't remember when you popped in. I started so on the, the theme park site. So that was, I think that was, I think it was 99. 
So anyway, so, so we've known each other for 20 odd years. And Patrick is one of those guys in addition to, can I just brag about you for a minute? Or would you uh, like to brag about yourself? <laughs> I'll take off. I'll leave. I'll, you know, where you leave off, I'll, I'll, I'll You'll fill in the gaps. All right. So uh, I first met Patrick at Universal. We were both uh, in uh, the online division at Universal Studios. And Patrick was uh, audio and video and uh, did all things sort of musical and and video and had come from a background in music and i'm gonna let you fill in some of the gaps because especially like you know hit songs and you know things that you've written but uh patrick is also hand to god this is this is not he's heard me say this before but he is one of the best photographers i know uh he is technically impeccable his his concept shoots are terrific and um, and I just love him so, Patrick Shipstead. Uh, just just give me your PayPal account and <laughs> I will right. uh, I will drop <laughs> some coins in there. <laughs> Venmo me something for the for the trouble. <laughs> yeah, I, I like how you've kind of like worked in a PR guy into 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 your new right list of uh, talents. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. No, I, I and I'm you know I'm, I uh, there's a handful of people that you know I can say that you know held over from you know 20 years ago and you know working at the job that you go, you know still people I still talk to you all the time and and you know and love their own work respect their. Oh, thanks, thanks. It's, it's it's mutual, darling. It's mutual. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's, it's um, what sucks is we haven't seen each other. Since um, since I moved here, moved. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think I think you were, you may have even been the last person I saw before moving. Certainly one of. Well, I strange. I, I kissed you at the train. That's true. That's true. And and yes, my leg did go up. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 crazy, and even now with with uh you know with this whole quarantine thing, there's so many people that are leaving California. I like I really? mean, and friends that are leaving California. It's uh, was it something I said? Right, right. <laughs> or the, or well, the, it's the, I mean, you know, we were talking the other day, and what you do has you know sort of necessarily, or at least the way you do it has necessarily changed. And you know, Patrick is primarily. A portrait photographer is that that's fair right yeah yeah i mean i i i do other stuff when i just you know feel like or if it, if it you know comes to me or if it's it's or i just feel like doing something a little different or, or, or filling in the you know filling in the creative holes when when there isn't a shoot planned or you know right just because you know you want to want to stay creative yeah. but you've had to kind of pivot because you can't do these live shoots any longer or I, I don't think you can. Can you? Have you done any any no, shoots with subjects? No. Yeah. No. No. And, and when we were talking about this the other day, is, is is that you know what are what are artists doing? What are you know creatives in general doing uh, since this this lockdown? That you know either you can't do the same thing or you you have to alter the way you do it. Um, you know, I'm 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 curious. You know, there's is it. Is if you're not if you don't require other people to do your you know to, to wear like you're not a portrait photographer and you need to like be in contact with other people and you shoot still life or or 
product photography or something that you can do almost, you know, in solidarity, I mean, in solitary, uh, has this extra time bought people more time to be actually be more productive because they, uh, they're, they're at home more right. or has it had the opposite effect and kind of just made them freeze up and, and I don't, you know what I mean? It's, it, it, could, it could go either way with, with so many people and, and then how, how this has affected them. Mm-hmm. Well, what have you, you done? Know, how, how did, how did you pivot and when did you realize you had to pivot? How, how far into this thing were we when you realized or made the decision, I've got to do something else because this isn't coming back the way it was? Well, well I mean, when, when you really have no, no option to, to, uh, to shoot with people because it's just not safe. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, I don't think I've, uh, what's, I mean, I want to say career wise, uh, cause that's certainly not the case. Uh, but I don't think I've, I, I did any type of like, you know, very, uh, mindful pivot on, on anything. I mean, I've, I've, I've actually gone back to old shoots and, and, and wound up reworking them mm-hmm. or, or processing them in a different way or, or, you know, looking for old nuggets and, uh, that, that I might've missed to, you know, just, just to put something out there and, 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 you know, trying to kind of stay creative and, um, and then, you know, shooting some, some still life stuff and trying to, trying to do something, uh, that just, just to keep those creative, you know, muscles working, mm-hmm. you know, and then digging in and, 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 you know, studying, you know, different software programs and, 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 and working on different types of techniques and stuff like that. So it's, it's nothing that I've, that I've pivoted to monetize in any way. Right. It's, uh, it, it, it's, it's more of, it's just like, you know, taking time to work on yourself and then, and then do whatever I can to, to just stay, you know, you know, creative. Cause you know, it, if you don't, if you don't paint or, or, or shoot or do, or do your podcast, I mean, you you have so many creative outlets that you do um, that, you know, you're, you're, you're probably just juggling them. But, but uh, when you, if you only have one or two, uh, it, it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's, 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 it's important to, to just, I guess, just stay, it's not, not, and that's not staying relevant in terms of like uh, social media or anything like that, but just to, to keep yourself from, you know, kind of, you know, when you kind of go, you get antsy and you get, you, know, you just go, I just want to produce something. Right. I could right. just sit there and I could just sit there and pick up a camera and hold it in my hand. And it's, and it's like a pacifier. You right. know what I mean? It's like, you go, Oh, this, 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 this is what I want to feel. And, you know, you know, it's, 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 and I don't know. It's, uh, are you getting it's, out it's and shooting? Are, are you getting out with a camera in no. your hand to keep those things sharp? Or are you kind of d- keeping it low key and, and doing things in the house or around the house? Yeah, I, I, well, I actually, I, I, I started to try and do something uh, different. Um, and, and I'm not a flower shooter or a nature sh- shooter, you know, so to speak. Right. Um, but I've, I've had a lot of fun with, uh, with some, uh, vintage lenses and, uh, modifying vintage lenses, mm-hmm. um, reversing elements and trying to get really interesting, different, uh, uh, bokeh effects and stuff. And then, uh, shooting dead flowers and, and, and dried pods and things like that. Try and, try and do something a little different than, 
uh, you know, what a, what a typical, like, I'm going to shoot a flower. Right. Well, what happens if I, if I shoot dead flowers with lens, lens babies, right. you know, right, and, right. and, and, yeah, you're, get, you're getting that sort of Irving Penn, like how can, you know, Edward Weston, how can we shoot these things differently than just, oh, look, here's a pretty picture of a pretty thing with pretty light. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, I mean, I, 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 there's certainly nothing wrong with shooting clouds because there's, 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 uh, there's people who just do it, you know, in a stunning way. I'm just like, oh, my God. Right. It's, it's, and then that's just not my thing. But but what's my, you know, as with anybody who's, you know, you know, creative, it's like, well, what's my my take on that? And what can I do to mix it up and make make it make it mine so that when I present my contribution to the to the pool, mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like it, it, it it's just a little bit more representative of, of my take on something. Right. And, you know, and, and uh, you know. You know, That's all. something I've, I don't think I've ever asked you about, but have you ever, have you ever had that, that urge to go kind of the Brooke Shaden route of doing a self-portrait series, you know, either straight up or, or heavily post-processed or, you know, thematic because you, you also, in a lot of your shoots, you're, you're making props, you're making, you know, headpieces, you're making, you know, environments to shoot these things in. Have you ever thought about turning the camera on yourself to flex a different muscle? Uh, uh, I could do some tasteful nudes if you like. I mean, you just send me, <laughs> Would a, you shot. Please? Send me a shot list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, um, I mean, how are you going to learn to be tasteful is the, the, is the question. Really, that's, that's what I need to figure out. That would be the one thing that you'd be like, no, Photoshop cannot be handled. We're <laughs> <laughs> so, still not. It's like we're going to need a James Cameron to come in and write, you know, have the team write some software. <laughs> it hasn't been done yet. Um, no, I, I have no desire to put stuff on. You don't want to be in front of the camera. No, you know, the only time we do that is, you know, when we're, we're doing our Christmas cards or, we're, right. you know, right. that that kind of stuff. I mean, and occasionally I've had to, I've had to, you know, take some self portraits when I, I need to do a profile shot for something, right. you know, you know, let me, let me update, you know, my profile shot for whatever. Right. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, and yes, I, I, I love making props. I love making sets and finding wardrobe and, or, and then, you know, making and creating stuff. And it's, it's, a. Uh, it, it's, it can take a, you know, take a lot of time to, to kind of uh, nurse the elements in right. place, you know, before I, you know, if it's a, if it's a kind of a broader concept and I realize I go, this is, this is going to take a lot. Well, and, and um, to be fair, you, you are a monster with a glue gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and a, and a bedazzler. Right. And, uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, do you ever miss the, the, the music? Do you ever miss the, the, the acting? The, like, do you ever miss like being in front of a crowd or in, in front of an no. audience? Really? No, no. Um, it's, uh, so they, they did I mean, not call that. you for the recent, uh, fast times table read. <laughs> not, no, no, no <laughs> not, not, not the fast times, not Murphy Brown. Not that stuff is, I'm just, I'm broken. Who, who do you need to call uh, to get back in the game is what I want to know. <laughs> is there a game? Or who do I need to call to get you back in the game? 
I think Morgan Freeman was, uh, he was, he was in his late fifties or early fifties before he even stepped into the game. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. And coincidentally, uh, played the voice of the narrator in the recent table read of Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, he did. Yeah, he was the narrator. I missed it. Yeah. Did, so, did you not watch so that? Good. Shia LaBeouf played Spicoli? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, uh, Ray Liotta was Mr. Hand. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel played a bunch of parts, including... Uh, uh, the, the pizza delivery guy, uh, wonderfully played by oh. uh, your friend Taylor Negron, who sadly we lost. Yes. Still yes. One, of the, one of my favorite shoots you've ever done is those shots that you did of him. Oh, well, we did. We, gee, we did like a dozen. With the Raven, the one um, with the Raven and the shoelaces. The, I mean, it was just, they were great shots. Oh, that was, that was the first one. That was the first one we did, mm-hmm. uh, actually. Um, and... It's it's interesting. There's um, there's meaning behind behind that 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 shot, um, and uh, the, you mean the one where he's curled up in the chair? Yes. And uh, and then the, this it, it's a stark white background for the, uh, I'm sure nobody here has seen it. Um, stark white background, and then, and uh, there's just a chair kind of you know there, and and. Uh, and I, I, I just love crows and ravens and stuff, and I've used them a lot in my, in my shots for some reason. Um, and, and then probably about six feet away is just this, you know, little black uh, crow. I think it's crow or raven, whatever. And, and it's just kind of staring at him, and he is kind of curled up in a, in a ball with his arms around his knees, his knees up to his chest mm-hmm. and his, his neck is kind of hunkered down and he's just kind of looking at it and it's looking at him. Did and, he know he was sick at that point? Um, yes. He did. Yeah, I, 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 I think it was early on. Wow. And, 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 and to me, that was, that was, um, a bit of the, the crow was, was the cancer and and him yeah, curled yeah. up was, was, was him dealing with it. Trying and to, then, yeah. Then yeah. Th- yeah. Then there's, then there's another shot we did where he is uh, cradling the crow in his, in his, in his arms very comfortably, mm-hmm. um, like a, like a, like a, like a pet. Mm-hmm. And was there acceptance me, there? Do was, you think? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Did did no, did he that know that he would not? I mean, was it was it terminal from the beginning? I don't know much about this. You and I have never really talked about no, it. No, I no. I, well, no, because I there was years that I that I had not seen him. I mean, he went through the, the stages of when he had to shave his head, and um, and he, you know he kind of he just went through you know typical stages of it. Mm-hmm. But, um, and he was he was going back between New York and L.A. and he um, he was in it. He was in um, New York for for years, right. and I had not seen him, and I, I've not seen him in forever. And and uh, um, he had he had just did a little showcase um, with a handful of other comedians in L.A. And he came down and he said, "Do you want to uh, do you want to come down and shoot it? And I'll introduce you to the to the people who run the thing. Maybe you could you know shoot you know some of their some of their other shows." And I said, "Sure." You know, anytime he asked me to do something, I was happy to happy mm-hmm. to do it. Mm-hmm. And um, and it just so happened that it was was it twenty years, thirty years. Um, so I, I, 
I get to the show and Amy Heckerling is there. Oh, and no I was way. like, no oh, way. my God. Yeah. Okay, so, so the, and, let me so, jump in here real quick. The reason that, that, that this is kind of an epiphany moment is Patrick had a small part in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. That's why I've been kind of ribbing him about it. He had a small part in it. And so did uh, um, Taylor Negron. And they had known each other for a long time. Amy Heckerling famously directed the film. Go ahead. Is that, is that, well, I had, not seen, I, I had not seen Amy since the, since, the, since the shoot. Oh, really? I mean, since the, you know, yeah, yeah. Since mm. whenever it was done and what, I don't know, 82 or something like 82, that. 82, 83, and, something um, like that. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, and I actually had pictures on my, on my phone. And uh, I, she wouldn't have remembered me from Adam if if uh, if I hadn't you know whipped out my phone and 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 actually had the shots on. They were they were just shots that I had had you know listed in uh, of old times you know on Facebook. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, and so um, you know it was this kind of weird moment, and she was just kind of like in awe, like oh my god, you're that's you, and, and <laughs> you're that you know, guy. You guys, you guys, <laughs> you, you guys, you guys are friends, and and, and uh, it was it was just. It was just lovely, but as you know, as as uh, as it happens, there's always going to be that time where you go. I did not know this was going to be the last time I right. saw you. Right. To to Taylor. Right. You know, because it's always like you know. All right, we'll see. You know, see you later. We'll, we'll see you next you know, time. We'll yeah. 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 And and you know, then you don't see each other for a while, and you wish each other you know Happy New Year and Merry Christmas and blah 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 blah. Or text occasionally. Um, when when did he paint uh, you? When how close to that? How close to the end was that for him? Uh, you know, I just got one of those framed. Um, I I don't I don't think he. You know what I'd have to do? I'd have to look at the uh, the metadata mm. on the um, on, on the pictures because mm-hmm. well, he painted me twice. Right. And um, did he kept one? Didn't he? Have, and gave you one or something? He kept he he kept one and right. gave me of the one that I had the camera with me. Like I just had. My, my camera around my neck mm-hmm. and um and i was taking pictures of him while he was painting me and and or while he you know didn't need me there and he might have been working on background detail and i didn't need to be there right. uh, i would walk around and sh- and you know and shoot him and we were doing this at his uh his apartment um in let's say studio city but um and it was no this this was in silver lake i think yeah he had he had a, he had a handful of apartments that he kind of went back right and forth right 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 um, and, um, so, so I'm sure I could look at the, uh, the shots I took and that, and that would be, it would be the date mm. when he, yeah, I, but, but otherwise I, yeah. did I, did I ever Good tell you I ran into him? I don't know if I ever told you this. I ran into him at a bar in Pasadena and, and we just got to chatting and he was telling me he had just gotten back. He had some villa somewhere, maybe Spain. Is that, is, does that sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I think it's France. Okay, France. Okay, France. so he, he had just gotten back, and, and we just chatted for, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And, and, but it, just such a charming man. I mean, absolutely mm-hmm. just such a charming guy. And uh, I, I just I, – I don't even know if I ever made the connection between you guys until much later, you know? Because I, I, I yeah. think it was – my gosh, I don't even know when it was. It might have even been while I was at uni when that happened. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just completely, you know, there by himself, just kind of hanging out. No no entourage, no, you know, very humble. I mean, you know, I mean, he was just, just a really lovely yeah. guy. 
Well, we didn't we didn't really hang out and, and know each other during fast times. Mm. You know, obviously, you know, uh, you know, met him, but but um, uh, and remember Nicholas Cage. He didn't even have any lines in, in the yeah, in the, and he was still Nicholas Coppola. Yeah, yeah, but I, I mean, I remember, I remember him there, and, and he was just a guy. I mean, I, he was he was nobody, but I do remember him wow. being there. Wow. And uh, and you're like, oh, okay, oh, that he became Nicholas Cage, right? <laughs> um, I uh, lost no, my hand. <laughs> oh, so good. Uh, I can't wait to see that that new movie he, where uh, I guess he gets locked into a uh, a theme park with a uh, evil killer. Um, animatronic uh what is it kind of seriously like a, this is a thing it, yeah 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 and, and i forget the name of it it's 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 not unlike the what is it the something at freddy's or uh oh uh oh gosh yeah i know what you're talking about it was, uh, it was just kind of like an evil evil chuck e cheese yeah 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 yeah, yeah yeah but, but basically basically you know he, you know he gets into one of his Nicolas cage uh you know freak out things and uh and he winds up you know battling these uh these animatronic things for the theme park oh it's, it's it's i can't wait for it it's, it's just gonna be so over the top well he uh, he also got cast as the the um the tiger guy the the tiger king what was uh oh yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. what's yeah, that guy's king. is that what it is tiger king yeah he got cast yeah. in that and i guess there are two simultaneous films being made about about him uh, Nick Cage is one, and I, I don't remember who's casting the other one. Yeah, well, they needed somebody subtle. Right, that's right. That's right. He plays it. He plays it really close to the vest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, can we get back to me? Right. Sure. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We 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 strayed only for a moment. No, no, no. I was saying that that I I had I had not seen Taylor in in uh, in I don't you know, decades, Larry. Right. And uh, and and my. My friend uh, Danny was was friends with him, and I was, you know, I said, you know what, I would love to, to photograph him. I said, you know, could you just, you know, send him my website and let me, uh, you know, and if he's into it, great, and, and if not, then whatever. Um, and so my friend Danny reintroduced me to him, and and uh, he, it wound up being kind of a thing where, where you know, I would come up with. With, a, with with something, and he, he he's like, I'll do anything you want me to do. He goes, hmm. Just tell me what you want me to just, do. Just just let's do and, it. There was um, that trust there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, and that was out of the gate. It wasn't like, okay, I gained your trust. I like some of the shots we did. Hmm. You know, will will whatever. So so whatever kind of you know conceptual or whatever we, we wanted to do, he was he was always down with it, and just you know, just a lovely 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 guy to work with. Yeah, and um, yeah, I. I, I miss him. He was, a, he, was a, he was a good friend. And then we wound up we wound up working on a handful of projects together. Where I was I was shooting um, cast photos for for a pilot he was working on, and and uh, uh, photos for a you know a play that he was putting on. It was you know it was it was it was it was always fun. It was right. always lovely to work with. Right. Um, yeah, and um, well, and then then you there was it kind of went the other way with the the whole debacle about the movie poster. Remember that. Yeah, let's not get out of yeah. that. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, we won't go. We won't go there. Yeah, um, yeah, um, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, it, it's um, <laughs> cover, cover your uh, butts, guys. That's that's the that's the <laughs> make make sure you, you you know keep an eye out on your work. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, um, 
Anyway, oh, you know, I, I have a Van Halen story. Do you? Um, All I right, was, hit me. I was, uh, yeah, I was, I was working on, um, in 93, I was working on a sitcom called Cafe Americano. And, um, and the story was with uh, Valerie Bertinelli. Mm-hmm. And I think it only went for one season. And so uh, uh, Eddie would come by occasionally to watch the show and, you know, support her. And, and, uh, and he was just a super chill guy. And, um, and, you know, he was a heavy smoker, of course. And right. so he spent a lot, of time, a lot of time outside the stage, you know, between the stages, just kind of hanging out and smoking and chilling out by himself. He was always alone. He never had anybody with him. Right. And, um, and I, I, you know, you, you never want to be that guy and be like, you know, and like, hey, I love you. Yeah, right, right. Um, Do you know but, who you are? But, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and, uh, but, you know, it's, you'd make eye contact because, you know, you're just there, you know, all the time. And, and, uh, and I, you know, he'd smile, he'd, you know, give you a nod, like, hey, how's it going? And I finally just got the nerve to, to go up and, and say hi and, and, you know, just thank him, thank him for everything he's done. And I, you know, you know fan and, you know, you know, then you want to get, kind of get out of their face. Just say, say your thing and then don't be, right. don't start out. Don't overstay. Yeah. Although, yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. And, um, and so, you know, throughout the season, I, you know, we, you know, chat a couple times here and there and he, he was nice enough to give me an autograph, uh, which I still have. And it's, it's framed along you know, oh, no way. Uh, a few other, a few other faces. Yeah. And, um, and, and he was just, you know, he was as, he was as nice as he was talented. Yeah. He was, he was just chill. As you, as you were mentioning earlier, he just had no attitude about him that zero. I ever saw. Yeah. Zero. They and, were, um, I think they were there for a week and, or, you know, several days for, of the week and just the nicest guy. Yeah. 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 And, and, uh, and, and as I, I, I posted something on, on Facebook too, and I said, you know, when you, when, when you meet your heroes and they, they are genuine and they give you the time of day, you just never forget it. You know, it's, oh, it's thank it you. makes all the difference. Wait, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to, I was going to, you know, circle back to that. <laughs> um, uh, no, I, I, but agree. I, also, I agree. But I also do like when you put me in my place. Yeah, well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> exactly. All right, I'm going to um, wrap it up with you and, uh, and play a song and, and see if anybody else wants to call in. Can we do that? Okay, great, man. Uh, great, yeah, great talking with you. And um, Yeah, we'll I'll talk to you during again. the week. All right. All right, brother. See you, Pat. Bye. Bye. Well, that was nice. Thank you, Patrick, for calling in. Uh, you guys can find, if you want to... Uh, see some of Patrick's work, uh, find him at patrickshipstad.com. Uh, wait, somebody called in and then they just hung up. Well, that was rude. Uh, all right. I'm going to play another tune. And if you'd like to call in 202-539-0209, you can also Skype me at Sadoris, S-A-D-D-O-R-I-S. And this is Revolution Void.
Hey, I'm going to come out of this song a little early uh, because we've got Matt from Denver who wants to talk about, uh, pick up a little bit about what we talked with Andre uh, about on the last episode. Is that is that right, Matt? Yeah, yeah. All you. Take it away. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, like I said, um, you know, you guys were talking about process versus results, and that's kind of been something that's been rattling around in my head all week. Um, I think just kind of personally where I'm at in my own creative process, um, I've been kind of coming to terms with being more process focused. Mm -hmm. How so? um, Well, I've had like some career changes recently and I think in the past I've kind of uh, maybe kind of, nursed dreams of like doing photography or illustration professionally. Mm-hmm. And with this recent career change, I've kind of let that go at least for the more immediate future. And, um, it's kind of recentered me on this idea that, um, you know, if I, if I'm going to do this creative work, it's for the sake of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, I, I don't know. It's kind of a bittersweet feeling. Are are you doing creative work now just even for yourself or have you, have you stopped that entirely with this career change? Uh, I did have a, a period of a couple months where I had to stop it just because I was overwhelmed with mm-hmm. uh, everything that went with the career change, but I have picked it back up. Um, How did you feel in the interim when you weren't doing it? Was it was it kind of a blow? Did you did you did you miss it? Was it was it a noticeable absence? Yeah, it was definitely an absence. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of like I said, I've I've kind of been coming to terms with that my, myself recently. So when you were talking with Andre about it last week, it, it really resonated with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, even knowing that I'm more focused on the process, it does kind of feel a little bittersweet letting go of those results. Right. Um, I don't know if that's something you've dealt with or if anyone else you've talked to deals with, but just kind of that idea that this is just going to be something I do for the sake of doing it, not for something down the road. Right. I think a lot of people are in that boat. I really do. I know I am. I mean, virtually everything that I'm doing right now creatively is because I enjoy it. I love the process. And it's, you know, it's sort of kicking the can down the road. I don't know where that's going to end up. But I'm massively invested in the exploration and almost regardless of where it ends up, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. What kind of work are you doing? Like what kind of photography, what kind of illustration, what are like, what are some typical, uh, subjects that you might, uh, pursue? Um, so photography is typically, um, portrait photography, mm-hmm. um, family photography. Um, and then the illustration is kind of more character design mm-hmm. oriented. Um, but I'm still, you know, that's part of the reason why, you know, when I, I got to this decision point where I had to make a career change, right. um, I'm not really at a place with that where I think I, you know, it, it's something that's going to pay my bills. Um, 
Is it an so, issue of skill or is it an issue of opportunity or a combination of both? It's, it's definitely an issue of skill. But, you know, you said something there uh, that also kind of I've also been thinking about. It's just kind of like for, I know that you have, you know, you've you've got your painting, you've got the podcast, you've got, you know, all, all these other creative avenues you you work in is there how do you balance those against each other because it feels like focusing on one is is always letting go of the others that's Um, a that's a great question and it is it is kind of a balancing act you know because there's only so much time in the day as you know and if i'm if I'm actively pursuing one, then I'm I'm not as actively pursuing the others. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that for me, I'm I'm I feel very lucky, and I'm I'm grateful that they scratch two different itches. You know, the the painting yeah. is I think a very different process and outcome than the podcasts, for example. I mean, I love talking to people. I absolutely love it. It's one of the reasons that I, I'm doing this little experiment and seeing where this goes, because I, I, I love doing research on, on the people that I'm talking to for Process Driven, for example, but I also like the discovery process and just hearing what's going on in your life and allowing myself to be present and, and practicing being present and and kind of reacting to that. So they're I'm lucky in that they're very different pursuits. I would imagine yeah. for you with photography and illustration because they're both visual it must be very difficult to choose how to split your time between those two things when you do have spare time, when you do have the the free time to put into one or the other. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, I think so. I think they do kind of satisfy different things. Mm-hmm. I, the photography for me is a little bit more documentary. Okay. Whereas the illustration is more, um, more about control, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. So th- there's a, a little bit of a difference, but yes, it is very much like there are a lot of similarities. And that was actually why I got into the illustration in the first place is because I was getting very frustrated with photography in the winter months when I didn't have a lot of light to use. Right. And I was like, well, maybe there, I can be working on this and working on color and composition and stuff in a, a different way. Um, but of course that ended up being its own rabbit hole. And are you a digital illustrator, analog illustrator? Not that it matters. I'm just curious about the process. Uh, both. Both. Uh-huh. both. I, mostly analog. I, I try to do a little digital here and there. Um, but my, I guess, Maybe like sixty forty. Mm-hmm. And is it two uh, D, three D? What two D? Two D. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. And yeah. I, you know, it's it's funny. I started as an illustrator in college, and it's a it's a muscle that I've just never been able to get back. I mean, I'm I'm okay, but I'm nowhere near where I was. Partially because I was doing it every day for hours a day. I mean, as you know that. Yeah. That 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 goes away very quickly. And for me, one of the reasons that I kind of landed as an abstract painter, I mean, if I'm being completely honest, is it because my figurative skills aren't very good anymore. I mean, maybe they could get a little better, 
maybe they could even get good, but they're never going to get great. I mean, if I'm, again, being as honest as I can with myself. So if I, if I can explore other areas and still scratch that itch and, and have something that interests me and that I'm proud of or that I'm, I'm uh, moved by, that's okay. I can let go of, of that skill set that I no longer have if I can kind of replace it or, or uh, supplement it, I guess, is a better word, with something else. Yeah, that makes sense. But it's tough. I mean, it's it's tough to to know when is is the right time to make that left turn and and how much you know, I I don't know how how you are and maybe you can speak to this, but I I need to kind of be sure of something lately before I'm willing to dive in, which is why I kind of tried this experiment of taking monetization out of it taking uh, worrying about an audience out of it, taking worrying about likes out of it to the best of my ability and just focusing on, on the act of making and, and letting that go where it needs to go. Um, and seeing if the, if the results are any different because I'm trying to let go of those other things. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That does, that does resonate. I think, um, you know, like I said, it's kind of bittersweet and, Mm -hmm losing the that kind of result is the focus but there is the, that sweet side of it where it is freeing i mean you asked if i did um 2d or 3d work and one of the things that was kind of stressing me was um for at a commercial level illustration has moved very 3d dependent and mm-hmm. it wasn't something i was interested in at all mm-hmm. and kind of taking that focus off of things, it kind of frees me to just work on what I want to work on. Do you see a way forward in the future to, to pursue that more? I mean, not commercially, but I guess, I guess that's, that's the way it would be commercially as, as even if it's a side hustle, do you, do you see that coming back or does it have to kind of stay as a personal pursuit now? What do you think? I think I, I wouldn't rule it out entirely. Mm-hmm. I could see it maybe 10 years down the road. Um, but I think there's a lot of personal development that needs to happen on my part um, to get to that point. Because, I, I mean, like doing it commercially would be a means to an end, right. which is just to be able to do it instead of a day job. Right. Um, but, yeah, the, it is something that... I do kind of maybe entertain the idea of doing it further down the road, but not in the near, near to even, or even medium term. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you find it more satisfying with some of that pressure, the, the sort of commercial or monetization kind of pressure off of it? Do you find the process more satisfying or less satisfying or how, how has that changed for you? You know, it's a little bit of both. It's, um, I do, like I said, I do find it freeing to be able to just work in the mediums I want to. Um, but I do, I think I do get some motivation from having some sort of external, uh, pressure on me to produce, Hmm. um, that helps a little bit. Right. Um, real deadlines instead of like, I need to get something done by Thursday. That's just an internal deadline. I struggle with those, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I have a hard time because Thursday becomes Friday, which becomes Monday, which becomes March that becomes June. You know, I, I'm really bad about internal deadlines. Yeah. 
Well, so what's the solution? What's how do you what are you thinking? Where are you leaning in terms of do you just say, look, this is where it is right now. I'm going to keep doing it to keep my skills sharp and to keep myself creatively sort of stimulated and satisfied. And if something changes in the future, so be it. Or do you resign yourself that this is this is only for you right now and not even think about the other things? I think maybe a little bit more of the former. Cause I, I think, I think that I do like, if I do want to kind of keep that idea of, of it being something that I dedicate more of my time to down the road, mm-hmm. I do, like I do need to have some sort of drive to build my skills to that eventuality and not mm-hmm. just do it when I feel like it, I do need to kind of like push through those barriers and keep working. Right. Um, but you know, it, it is still, you know, it, it's not entirely like a, an obligation. Like right. I enjoy making the things for just for the sake of making them. So I think that's um, honestly, man, I think that's one of, if not the most important things is you have to love what you do. You have to love what you're making, what you're putting out into the world. If you don't, then why should anyone else? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cereal box wisdom, I guess, but that's, yeah. that's, that's the way I feel about it. You know, yeah. and I think that, that for, for me, I think I am getting better at the creative work because I'm allowed, I'm allowing myself to explore the things that are interesting to me, not explore the things that I think will sell or will, will be liked or appreciated by an audience. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'd love to see some of your stuff. If you, if you'd care to shoot me an email with it, I would love to check it out. Sure thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, send it talk back at jeffreysedoris.com. I'd love to take a look at it. All right. Well, thanks for talking to me today. My pleasure. My pleasure. Call back anytime. All right. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. Well, that was nice too. Boy, man, this, see, this, this is the thing. This is the thing. This is why I'm doing this. This is exactly why people I haven't talked to in a while, people I've never talked to. Um, so, uh, we're going to wrap up in just a minute because we're at that hour mark, but I want to tell you something that, that could be interesting. Um, actually, you know what? Maybe I'll save it. Maybe I'll save it for the next time. It's, it's an upcoming partnership that I think is going to help, uh, certainly help this show, but it's going to help me take uh, some other sh- projects. Let's call them projects. Let's not call them shows in different directions in the future. Um, and it's, uh, you know, I'll give you a hint. It's music and sound effects, but that's all I'm going to tell you. The, the deal has been done, but we're still waiting for a couple things to fall into place. But... Uh, yeah, uh, I will save that for another time. What I do want to talk about is, uh, I think it was last time or the time before I'm doing a a new project called a day's work. And I want to talk to people about you, talk to you people about what you do, not necessarily creative people, not necessarily, uh, artists or musicians, although I'm not going to say no, I'm certainly open to that, but I want to talk to 
you know, uh, waitresses and and radiologists and gas station attendants and, you know, whoever wants to sit down and have a conversation about it and about what they do and, and why they do it, what they get from it, what they bring to it. And the way I'm going to do it, one of the things that I have realized about myself is that scheduling is very difficult for me. Um, when I ask people to come on a show, whether it's, you know, in between or process driven and they say yes, I often I often don't go any further than that for whatever reason. I think that maybe they're saying yes just to be nice to me or they're, they're saying yes just to not want to hurt my feelings. And oftentimes I have dropped the ball on following up with people. So I'm using uh, – I'm starting to use this service called Calendly, C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y, Calendly. Uh, and it's a, it's an online booking service. So basically what this is, I'm getting it all set up now. Probably in the next few days I'll get, you know, it'll be out. Certainly by the next show it'll be up and ready. Um, but uh, you'll be able to go in and book a half hour or book an hour and I'll get a notification of it. It's, I think it's going to be phenomenal. I think it's going to be really terrific for uh, addressing one of my shortcomings, weaknesses, failures, etc., with uh, a solution that that helps me um, make the initial ask uh, and then put the ball in someone else's court and say, look, here are the days and times that I'm available. Book whatever works for you. I'll get a notification about it. I make sure I do my homework. I do my research. I do my prep. And and we go on from there and do our thing. So I think that's going to be great. More about that in the future. I'm also thinking about uh, doing a Halloween show, some sort of spooky theme, Halloween theme show. Although I, I was, uh, I was told today, uh, Sean told me that Halloween is a particularly American holiday and, you know, call me ignorant. I guess I wasn't aware of that, but okay. So maybe it's not exclusively Halloween. Maybe it's scary stories you heard as a child, folk tales from your uh, native country or, or uh, something like that. But I'd like it to be this kind of collaborative experience. Maybe uh, it's a table read of a story. Maybe it's individual stories. Maybe some of them are live. Maybe some of them can be pre-recorded. I'm open to ideas around this. I just thought it would be kind of fun to do a themed show. And it kind of fits in with the music effects uh, thing that I teased a minute ago. So if, you, if you'd like to be involved or you've got some suggestions or ideas or feedback, either leave them in the comments below the video on YouTube or uh, text me. Uh, I'm not text me, uh, find me on Twitter or Instagram or email me. Email is probably the best way to go. Why don't you just email me? Talk back at jeffreysedoris.com. And that way I can get back to you and we'll have a record, kind of a running threaded record of everything that, uh, that, that transpires, I guess. Okay. All right. So I'm going to wrap up. We're running a little bit over. I'm trying to keep these at about an hour. Uh, but thank you. All of you who have called in, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for, for being here and, and watching and uh, the comments that are coming in in the chat. Terrific. Uh, subscribe to this so you don't miss anything. Uh, what else do you do? What, what do the YouTubers say? Oh, uh, what do you smash that like button? That's what you do. Uh, and uh, and then you, uh, uh, you, you, you like it. You hit the bell. 
something like that to get the notifications. Anyway, you guys know. YouTube's been around for a decade. You guys know what to do if you dig it. And I will see you same time next Wednesday for another episode of this show. We really should think of a name for it. So that's your homework. Help me think of a name for this thing. And uh, until then, I will talk to you on the next one. Thank you for being here. You can find more stuff, jeffreysedoris.com. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, at jeffreysedoris. You can subscribe to all of the things uh, wherever you get podcasts. Uh, subscribe to Jeffrey Sedoris, everything. And I will see you on the next one. Well, I won't see you, but I'll talk to you. All right. Thank you for being here.